Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 55, the podcast for marketing managers who are using HubSpot or considering using HubSpot. My name's Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Really well and had a great weekend, by the way, I'll say. Caught up caught up on Saturday night. With some really good people. <laughs> with some friends to celebrate a year of HubShots, so that was nice over pizza. It was no, nice. Doesn't time fly? It does. And we're not at inbound yet. We're not at inbound yet, but gee, only 22 days, I think, left as we record that. So, yeah. That's right. If you want to find out and stay up to date, go to inboundcountdown.com. You know, it'll be interesting to see what that counter does once it goes live. Do you reckon it'll count negatively? I don't know. That's a good question. When we get to inbound, we should check. <laughs> we'll check that out. All right. Hey, here's a question for you. Out of all the speakers and things like that, if there was one speaker that you could catch up with and have a chat with, who would it be? I'd have to say it'd be Gary V. Gary V. He'd be good, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd be great. Yeah, mine's Darmesh. Darmesh? Darmesh. Yeah, right. If I could catch up. You know, I like, I'm not just saying passing, you know, high five. Yeah, you'd love to have a conversation yeah, with him. Yeah, three minutes, over yeah. coffee, chat, that kind of thing. Darmesh. Right, yeah. Just putting it out there. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> All righty. All right, on to our HubSpot feature tip of the week, Craig. This is not even out yet, but it's coming, and they've told, they've started telling the world about it. Isn't this interesting? They've notifications are normally about here. You'll notice this in your portal, but this yes. is one. Here's what's coming soon. And you know what's interesting? So we obviously can see the link from the portal to that blog post that actually announces it. Yeah. If you go to the portal and you actually click, you want to see all updates. It doesn't appear in that list. Just so you know. Oh, really. <laughs> Sorry, hang on. Where did where did you see that? You saw. So the, once you go to the once you go to the no, update, right yeah. on the right hand side, there's a column that says you want to see all the updates about marketing, sales, or everything. Right. If you click, you want to see everything. You actually don't see that blog post. Ah, so it's kind of hidden. It's kind of hidden. Oh, there you go. So you can only get to it from within your portal. Yes. Okay. Nice. But about the announcement itself, they're really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's talking about a new dashboard for email. And so what they're saying, it's, it offers you more robust graphs to track success of emails over time and provide actionable tips to help you boost your email metrics. Now, one of the things I'm going to highlight a few key points here, it's to easily manage your emails. You get more comprehensive email data at a glance. I thought this is a really good one. Tips to improve your email. So I thought that was fantastic. Easily make comparisons across multiple emails. And one more thing is to discover emails with the highest bounces, unsubscribes, and spam reports. So what I'm wondering is, based on what we discussed last week, you know how there's this smart content with subject lines? I wonder if this new dashboard will actually allow you to compare within that one email send whether certain subject lines are better. I, I hope so. I do hope That'd so That would be too. interesting. But you know what this shows? It shows, uh, and they've got a screenshot in there, but it's moving to this format of the whole manage and analyze tabs. So yes. you have noticed that with the landing pages and web pages and things like Correct. that. Emails getting the same. So you'll have your manage emails and then your analyze emails. So it's, I guess, in providing a consistency. Consistency. So, yeah, looking forward to that coming up. Now, the, the big one that they did announce, though, which we're not really going to cover today, is the new projects system, which yes. is now available to everyone. So, if you want to listen to episodes 50, 51, and 52, we actually talk about this projects tool. So, we didn't actually realize that it was only in beta in a few, you know, a, a small percentage of um, HubSpot users' portals. But yes. 
Uh, now it's a big launch and they've released it. So it, we've given it the big thumbs up because we've talked about it in previous episodes. Yes. It's an excellent tool. So, yeah, look out so, for that. So, yeah, have a look. Action would be to actually go try it out, go put in a project. So if you are, uh, say, creating a content campaign or you want to do lead nurturing, go and choose that um, project and put it in your portal and actually follow the steps and see what happens and see whether you can get a better result. All right, Craig, on to our challenge of the week. All right, now this is a biggie. What's the challenge? Can you give me the wow, Craig? <laughs> Delivering the wow. So this came up because one of your customers, what did they say? Yeah, we were actually on our way to meet them to talk about what we're doing for their marketing. They said, I'm expecting you to wow me when I see you. And I was like, really? You want me to wow you? Yeah. I thought it was all about results. But anyway. Yeah, there you go. The wow. And we were joking before. It's like, oh, I'll just show them a copy of your invoice. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, there you That's go. That's right. Nice challenge of the week. So I think in this case, I mean, I was even talking to somebody in a, in a design agency this morning, and they were saying if the number of times someone said that someone asked them to show them the wow with the design, they would be very rich right now. So right. they said if you could explain to me how to do well, I'll, I'll design it for you. Yeah. It, and I think that's the key thing. It's like understanding what is the end goal and delivering on that. Is that your wow? It's one of those buzzwords, isn't it? Deliver the wow. What's that mean? It's, it's like when they say, I want my website to be really sexy. That's Remember right. when sexy <laughs> yeah. was the term they used? I, it, I cringe when I hear it now. It's like, I want a really sexy website. It's like, what? yeah, you're going to have to be a little bit more specific. Now, of course, it's, oh, I want a website with wow. So, yeah. yeah, that's right. So there you go. I'm sure if people have had the wow discussion, please let us know. <laughs> We'd love to hear more interesting stories. All right, Craig, on to our stat of the week. All right, so this came from Natalie in the High, and she calls herself the web psychologist. So she's all about conversion rate optimization and thinking the psychology of users. And she was giving a talk at Google, uh, conversions at Google recently. I think it's only a month or so ago. And uh, she talks through kind of breaking down and analyzing sites and kind of the criteria that people go through when they're thinking through sites. And the, we don't have time to go through all of it now. It's well, well worth watching. But one of the stats, so this is our stat of the week. One of the stats I thought she highlight, uh, that I found interesting that she highlighted is that, you know, when you get those ratings on yes. products, yep. like Amazon has them products uh, out of five stars, her research has found that if you have a star rating of 3.9 or above, that will increase conversions, leads to increased conversions. But if it's 3.8 or below it tends to detract from conversions. So I think that's really interesting, that kind of stat about thinking about ratings because it, it, two things. One, it doesn't have to be high. And, in fact, if you have a five-star rating, that can often look suspicious. But, yeah, you don't think it has to be 4.9 or 4.8. 3.9 or above can lead to it. But also just be really wary if you're getting below 3.8, then that might actually be detracting a very small thing. A proof or confidence indicator like that could be detracting from conversions. So there you go, start of the week and check out her video for more. That is very fascinating, Craig. And I think be aware that that can happen and what the psychology is that people are thinking. Because you know what? If I'd even seen 3.8, I thought, oh, that's okay, but clearly not. <laughs> All right, on to our opinion of the week, Craig. All right, this is another one from Contently where they're talking about, I think their headline's a little bit misleading. It's the one email tactic that publishers shouldn't ignore, which I think is not a very helpful no. um, headline. It's actually more about um, looking at newsletters as a way to test exclusive content. And this is something that publishers uh, and you know websites and businesses, as 
content publishers can think about uh, not putting everything on the website, but actually using it as a testing ground because when you have a newsletter list, they've opted in and they have interest in you. So they've actually shown an intent to engage with the content. So they're actually a very good testing ground to try an idea because if they don't engage with it at all, they're actually a trustworthy testing ground as opposed to if you just put it on your web and no one <clears> engages, was it just because they were the wrong audience? Yes. So I think it's a really good piece. That's just one of the the kind of opinions that came out of the article. Uh, we've got a link to it there. But, yeah, just this whole idea of using a newsletter as a testing device I thought was really interesting and useful for marketing managers to consider. That's very good, Craig. And one thing I did notice that in that piece of content is that the call to action is in the middle of the piece of the content. There you go. A bit of web psychology there you for go. you. All right. Now our pro tip of the week, Craig. And this is the podcast from Superfast Business by James Schramko. But one of the ones we want to highlight is the 10 classic Facebook advertising mistakes and how to fix them. Yeah, so this was an interview uh, that James had, and uh, it's kind of, as you said, 10 tips around Facebook. Now, I wouldn't say the tips are, you know, groundbreaking. They're not in the John Loomer category, but they're actually, and the reason we've included this is because they're just a really good checklist for marketing managers to think through. Things like setting up your audiences correctly, things like getting your conversion pixel in place. And I really like the way she talked through them and just had a structure for them. Here's the setup. Here's the types of ads to run and here's how to measure them. We won't go into the tips in here, but it's just a reference off to it. Uh, now, it's also podcast of the week. So this is a podcast, but then he's done the whole transcription. Yes. And there's a little a download you can print out and everything. He's done it really well. So I know James. And uh, one of the things that he did do, which he said was a really good tip, is that so he actually has the blog post in the PDF, which people have to opt in to get. And he said it's quite amazing the number of people that actually opt in to get the same thing they've just read as a PDF. Isn't that great? Yeah. So there's a little tip for the, today. All right, on to our State of Inbound item of the week. So you can find this information on the State of Inbound on the website called www.stateofinbound.com. And so this report is the 2016 report. And what we wanted to highlight in this report was about content. What we're going to have a look here is who writes the content. So one of the things that they mentioned is that marketing teams today use a wide range of resources to write their blog content. From what we can see is the majority of the heavy lifting is done by staff, but executives, freelancers, and even guest posters will fill in this blog queue. The participation rates across the board are higher in 2016, pointing to a, a continued investment in creating blog content. One of the things that really stood out was that staff, have almost doubled their participation. It was a massive uh, in writing boost, content. yeah. Yes, between 2015 and 2016. Yeah, and uh, in fact, across all of the main providers, including staff, executives, freelancers, agencies, etc., cetera, yeah. they've all increased from last year. Yeah. So I think uh, this very strongly highlights that just this increased involvement in content is being embraced by many businesses. And they're not only saying, oh, that's something, you know, that's Frank in the corner. He looks after a corner. It's like, no, there's a company-wide investment or um, buy-in yes. for the whole content piece. And it's such a striking increase. I think this is useful for marketing and managers because often they do think it's still a siloed piece, content creation. Oh, that's by the person down in the dungeon or something like that. No, it's actually across the company now. You need to be pulling in that mind share, thought leadership and expertise to yep. present out. Yeah, I look at this and I think about if you were in a big business and you had like a very siloed team between support and so on, 
I think there can be a lot to be learned, like even getting people in support to write pieces of content that will help solve people's problems. So put them as frequently asked questions or support things that can be f- delivered quickly. I think you'll get see a massive jump in interaction with people and how they're interacting with you on the site or even face-to-face or on the phone. Excellent. It would be interesting to break down that staff category. You know, yeah, staff absolutely. like across who are the key people. Because your point around support, staff being involved in content creation, that's gold. It's such a, such a useful resource that can be tapped into. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that obviously there's going to be different measures of success. And I think if you understand who the people are and how they communicate, you can definitely see an increase in your effort and a more engaged audience. Now, the next two things I want to highlight is that how long does it typically take for someone to write a 500-word blog post? And they've done this by geography. So they've looked at North America, Australia, New Zealand, Southeast Asia, Latin America, and Europe. And what's quite interesting is that I would say in the majority, we're in the one to two hour mark in, in ANZ and not dissimilar to North America one thing that was interesting, Latin America seemed to um, be the fastest in producing content. And I don't know why that is, but that's what the stats show us. So that's an interesting statistic. And the next thing is that I wanted to highlight is how long is the average blog post for an organization? They cut this down by geography again. And what was interesting in Southeast Asia was that most of our blog posts are under a thousand words. And I would say, there was a large majority that was actually 500 or less. Yeah, it looks like around 80% across all regions, 80% of blog posts are less than 1,000 words or 1,000 or less. And it's only that kind of 20% and above that are more, more than Mm. 1,000. And so when I look at things like that, in conjunction with some of the other studies we've read where long blog posts often increase engagement and improve rankings and shareability... Yeah. I actually see that as opportunity. I yes, look at this and say, totally. okay, let's take a contrarian view because if everyone's writing the 1,000 or less, maybe our specific kind of focus is we only write the really long blog posts or we do one at least, that kind yeah. of thing, and to test and measure that because I think differentiating yourselves, and this is a great stat that a market manager could look at and say, no, we want to differentiate. Yeah, absolutely. So use that to your advantage when you're creating your content and understand how long it's going to take and apportion your cost to that as well. Now, Craig, our resource of the week, and this is a really good resource, about um, cost of acquisition. Yes, I found this on inbound.org, actually. It's a really good uh, blog post by the guys that wrote Wordable. Is it Wordable? Wordable. Yes. It used to be Postable. Postable, now Which which we use, actually. Yes. Actually, I wasn't going to mention this, but as an aside, the tool Postable, which is now called Wordable, you basically prepare a blog post in Google Docs, you go into Wordable and then you can. it does the conversion straight into a blog post in WordPress. Yeah. So we, that's actually what we use for the yes. Hubshots because we prepare everything in Google Docs and then it's great. It pulls over all the images, the styling and the formatting. It's great. Anyway, that's an aside. Anyway, the guys that, <laughs> that built that, they wrote a blog post about cost of acquisition and they're a SaaS company, obviously, and so they're starting to look at the stats. Yeah. And they've provided this Google sheet, which is very comprehensive, where yeah. you plug in all your, all your numbers Um such as article links, cost of articles. It actually includes a staff cost, cost of marketing managers. You put all that in, 
to work out how much your cost is and then the ROI because then you need to look at things like, well, what's my kind of lifetime value of a customer, those kind of things. This is a great resource for marketing managers, but I would say you don't actually necessarily have to fill out the worksheet to get value. Go and look at how they've structured it to get your mind thinking about the costs that you need to look in. And they come and the blog post is worth reading for some of the insights that they pull out. So factors such as does the length of article really impact cost of uh, ROI on the cost of acquisition? Probably not. But then things, as you can imagine, like staffing costs, they do have a big impact. I think this is really useful to know because you know how often we cut costs at the small end? You know, we're kind of focusing on some of those costs. Oh, how much is a blog post, right? You'll focus on that, but be completely oblivious to some of the actual bigger costs around, you know, management and those kind of things. So anyway, marketing managers will get a lot of value about reading that blog post and checking out the Google Sheets. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And download that sheet and go through it if you can. All right. On to our podcast of the week, Craig. And this is from Moby Sadiq. And he interviewed George B. Thomas from the Hubcast. From the Hubcast, the sales line. Yeah, so Moby from Inbound Buzz, one of our favorites. Actually, we were just um, WhatsApping with Moby before recording this show. Hey, Moby, how are you going? Bit of a shout out. But yeah, he managed to get an interview with the man, George B. Thomas, personal hero of mine. And it's a great interview. In the interview, he goes kind of through some of his approaches to content marketing and inbound marketing. And then the thing I really like is just how George talks about his passion. Some of this stuff doesn't really come through on the Hubcast. You don't get that side of George, but it really comes out. I thought Moby did a great interview. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, so I thoroughly recommend it. Well done, Moby. Well done. Thank you, George. Thanks, George. All right, on to our thought of the week, Craig. And I thought this was really interesting. This is on Moz. It says, what a decade of working digital marketing has taught me. Yeah, um, Gabriel Goldenberg, he's been, uh, he, he used to do a lot of local SEO, actually. I, that's how I know him back from the SEO days. Talking about digital over the years and just some of the things have changed and some haven't. And he talks about how technology is changing, but some of the kind of strategies don't really. They're tried and tested and just working hard. We've got a quote there from him, though. And he basically is when he's talking about channels, you know how people like to have their own channels and they think the channel that works for them should work for everyone. That's it's kind of rule that they make and that's not the case. Uh, so he basically says each channel has unique traits that make it right for different purposes. The point is to simply look at your goals and work backwards to see which channels are better for achieving them. So that's kind of common sense really. We should all be going, yeah, of course, but how often do we... Not You know, we've had challenges of the week where we talk about this. People are fixated on some channel that's either good or bad for unknown reasons other than emotion. Yeah. Look, there was one thing in there that I thought was quite good, and it was number eight, which said, do one thing at a time and persevere past initial failures. There you go. Which I thought was fantastic. And I know in this game, I think failing and failing fast is pretty critical because not everything will work. And it's just about testing and measuring to see what actually does work. So I think there's a lot of gold in that piece of content. So I encourage you to actually read it, skim read it, take one thing out of there and apply it, and it'll make a difference to your day. All right, Craig, on to our final quote of the week. And this is from Angela Duckworth. Now, Angela is speaking at Inbound. So looking forward to seeing her. And she wrote a book called Grit, which you're reading at the moment. Yes, excellent book. And this quote says, I learned a lesson I'd never forget. The lesson was that when you have setbacks and failures, you can't overreact to them. It's part of her grit, yeah. 
So there you go. Yeah, great quote. I'm really looking forward to seeing her session at Inbound and also looking forward to meeting some of our listeners at Inbound. So how can they catch up with us? So the first thing is to go to hubshots.com slash WhatsApp and just complete the form there. It will add you to the WhatsApp group because we're going to be communicating via WhatsApp as we travel from here over to the US and on to I know, Craig, you're doing San Francisco. Yes, I am. I'm doing New York and then yes. Boston. And we're going to be in Boston from the Sunday before inbound starts. Sunday night, yeah. Till the Saturday or Sunday yeah, after. Uh, yeah, um, getting some clam chowder. That's right. <laughs> and lobster rolls. And lobster rolls. Looking forward to it. So that would be a way to get in touch with us. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. and We'd love to see you there. Yeah, absolutely. And we'd love to. I'm, I'm actually very excited about Inbound. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. All right, folks, until next week, hope you have a great week and you take one thing out of this podcast and implement it in your business. And when you do, I'd love to hear the result of that. So remember that once you've implemented it and you see the result, please contact us and let us know what you did. Until next time, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. See you, Craig. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.